Hello, hello. Welcome to Future First Softball Second. I'm Quincy, your podcast host and owner of Diamond Dynamics Softball. I am a former D1, D2, and D3 college coach, education and athletic administration major, and D2 pitcher. Our goal at Diamond Dynamics is to support families and athletes with college planning as they work to truly find their best fit athletically, academically, financially, and emotionally at the next level. We've worked with hundreds of families across the country through our individual group and team programming, and I'm so happy you're a part of our community too. Check out the show notes for ways to connect with us and learn from us, and I'd love to hear from you if you have any questions after listening to this episode. So I'm so excited today to be joined by Joy Harris, who brings us a very different perspective from what we usually talk about with college planning. And she lives in the name, image, and likeness world, which I'm so excited to bring this perspective to you guys because it's not something I even know a ton about, and I'm still learning as I go. So Joy, I'm so excited you're here with us and would love to hear a little bit about you in your own words. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Super excited to be on. So yeah, Name, Image, and Likeness is a fairly new space to student athletes, but it's an amazing opportunity. I am an entrepreneur. I'm also an author of the book, How to Get Paid Before Going Pro, which is applicable to both parents and student athletes. Um, So you can get the whole family on board and making sure that you have opportunity not only financially, but for your higher education ambitions and for your careers, even beyond when you play. Awesome. So can you dive into what name, image, and likeness really is? On our podcast, audience have, you know, parents of athletes who are seniors all the way down to like those middle school babes. So if you could just get into that a little bit for parents who maybe don't know what name, image, and likeness really is. Yes, love to. And especially for the parents who are for middle school athletes. So name, image, and likeness fall down is a, um, prohibition that was lifted by the NCAA. So previously, name image likeness was only reserved for the NCAA to be able to use for their own media, right? Um, And so in 2001, name image likeness was allowed to be used by student athletes to monetize their own brand. So the way I like to boil it down is if you think of your favorite influencer or your favorite Instagrammer, they're already using their name image likeness for their brand. um, And now student athletes can too. Absolutely. I love that. So let's talk about how you've seen athletes and families kind of taking advantage of this a little bit in your space. Yeah. Um, so one of the myths I like to bust really right out the gate with name, image, likeness is that it's only for your top D1 headline athletes. Um, and that's further for the truth. Name, image, likeness is for the average everyday athlete if you know how to capitalize on it. And so you could think of name, image, likeness as using your name, like what you would see on the back of a jersey, using your image, like what you see on a social media post, using your likeness, like what you might see in a video game or on a bobblehead action figure. And so if you think about it that way, you think about it more from a branding perspective, then you can use name, image, likeness not only to partner with companies, to endorse their products, kind of like how you see the pros do, but you can also use it to partner with your local businesses in the area to help get the word out about them as well. So it's something that you can utilize not only online, but offline as well. Absolutely. So looking at how this works, so are athletic departments putting like restrictions on this for athletes? Like what is the athletic department role in all of this? Yeah. So this is where a little bit of the news makes it a little tricky to figure out what is the right thing to do. 
Um, so at the onset, just to clarify, the NCAA did get sued. So it listed a rule that they had in place previously. And then the NCAA deferred to states and then colleges. So there is some restriction at some of the state levels, but it mainly evolves around not being able to use your branding partnerships while you're playing the game, so on the field or while you're at practice. It also, typically, there's restrictions around what you can partner with. So drugs, prescriptions, alcohol, things like that are prohibited. In general, across the board, um, those types of activities are prohibited. I have a list in my book as well. But the states typically regulate not wearing your branding as it conflicts with the branding that they may be receiving. But outside of that, typically, there are no restrictions in terms of what you can do, how your brand partnership can work, how you can start your own business actually and use that. Because many people don't think about name, image, and likeness as a part of their own entrepreneurship goals. But prior to this being listed, you couldn't even be your own entrepreneur. And so now you can start to develop your own entrepreneurial goals. And when I say entrepreneurship, I'm not necessarily talking about big Fortune 500 companies. I'm talking about things like you can now sell your trading cards which is a really big market right now for athletes who are really into softball and baseball and things like that. So there are a lot of ways and opportunities for you to drive revenue to yourself under the NIL law. Absolutely. I think the biggest way I've seen, um, especially my D2, D3 athletes start to take advantage of it is they've been giving softball lessons for a long time. And now they can finally use their college accolades of like in marketing for their softball lessons, which has increased their revenue, which is great. Yeah, training is a great, easy, low-hanging fruit. And I would say like that's one of those offline ways that you don't need a bajillion followers for. And you don't typically need a bajillion followers anyway, but that's definitely one way you can get in the game and you don't need 100,000 followers to get started. Absolutely. So do you suggest that high school athletes start thinking about this in high school and building a social media following? Does that help? Like, I feel like we're in this weird world right now of like monetizing social media for younger kids, which I I just, it's very abstract to me. Yeah, I think you can actually start your branding process as young as middle school. And I think it's a little bit weird for the older generation because it didn't start with us. But if you think about the younger generations, they're already on their phone. They're already communicating through their phone. So it's not as weird. And for those parents that might be concerned about privacy, what I like to say is having an open line of communication with your student athlete is super important. So this is not a, hey, hand on the phone and go off and do whatever they want to do, right? Hopefully you are already having a dialogue about them being safe and what they're posting on social media as far as their personal addresses and things like that. And so you will just continue that dialogue of what they're currently interested in and then posting about that. Just like you need parents there to support in the training process, right? It takes the parent too. Uh, The parents have to also be supportive in this process as well. Absolutely. So I wanna go back quickly. So you mentioned how a lot of the regulation is now coming at the state level. How does that work if say, you know, an athlete lives in Texas, but is going to school in Florida? Like if they live one place and go to school another place, does that change those regulations? So typically it's the uh, organization where you actually reside. So for example, for middle school, typically no regulation is in place. I always say starting the personal branding process is good in middle school because you kind of have free reign and test things out. And then you continue on in high school and, and personal brand is a compounding thing, right? So once you get started, once you get your first brand deal, it's easier to get your second brand deal that you have the credibility. 
Um, so typically the law is wherever you are residing at the time. Um, so wherever you're playing your sport, that is what's governing what you can and cannot do. Um, all schools are supposed to have something in place to let you know what is allowed um, at their university or at large in their state. And oftentimes a state might actually just default to the rule that the NCAA already has. So again, you hear a lot about it's not regulated. It actually is regulated. There is a layout of what the NCAA already allowed. Um, and sometimes there will be a state organization uh, like a league or a commission that says, okay, well, in addition to the NCAA, you can't partner with a gambling site, for example. So that would be the additional prohibition that they layer on top. Um, but whatever you're actually playing or participating, that's what you follow. Awesome. Yeah. And I love that you kind of go into more details with this because even we see like, oh, this big D1 football player signed this deal and we don't see the back end of it and really understand how does that happen. Um, so looking at you know, I'm thinking of maybe that sophomore, junior in college right now, like how are they finding those brand deals? Um, so you can find brand deals in one of two places. A, you can use a marketplace. So there are marketplaces out right now, Dreamfield Co, Mogul, Influencer, are all marketplaces that are open to student athletes where you sign up, they already find the brands for you and you can sign up to do different campaigns and they come through those funnels. So that's kind of a low-hanging fruit way to get started in the land of getting brand deals. On the other side of that coin, you can actually reach out to brands yourself. So a lot of consumer brands have their content information on the back of their products. A lot of e-commerce brands, you know, your hoodie organizations, your uh, nutrition bars and juices that you see, they have their content information on the bottom of their web pages. So you can use initiatives to reach out to the brands and get a deal yourself. Awesome. So do you see more the parents are facilitating this or is it more the kids are kind of taking the lead with it? Like, how do you see families really navigating all of this? Yeah, at the college level, I see more the student athlete is taking the lead. And the way I like to think of it, this is better than your average part time job. Right. So if you're a student athlete, you already have no time. Right. You have limited time. You're in training all the time or practice or the weight game. And so having a resale job one day a week doesn't always fill the gap. So this is something that you can do remotely on your own time around your own schedule. And so a lot of college age athletes are just taking the initiative upon themselves to do it. At the high school level, we're just now starting to make a dent in it with parents having an understanding. So I do see a lot more parents becoming supportive, but this is something that the average student can do themselves, right? You don't need your parents to be involved unless you're under 18 and they do have to sometimes sign the agreements for you, but you can get the ball rolling, especially on the personal branding side and starting the building process. You can get that ball rolling yourself. Absolutely. So are you seeing, um, so like, I know we're touching a lot on college athletes. Are you seeing high school athletes starting to monetize as well based on the state they live in? Absolutely. Absolutely. The wave of high school student athletes who are in the NIL space is competing competitively really with the number of college athletes. And as high school athletes find out more about it, because they're native to social, it's less of a learning curve. It's not something that is abnormal to them. They're already making TikToks, right? So it's just about doing that more consistently. Oftentimes, they're already posting. It's just now posting and understanding, oh, I, now I know what I want my personal brand to be. So at the high school level and as early as middle school, in fact, there was an athlete, I believe, that just got signed to an agency and they had just entered middle school. 
Um, and so they're one of the they're one of the bigger contracts that they're one of the million dollar contracts, but it's happening at a younger age. And if you again, if you go back to your influencers, it's not foreign for you to see younger influencers and YouTubers. It's not foreign for you to see, you know, kids talking about toys and video games. That's not foreign. The same thing now exists in the student athlete space. Absolutely. And it's funny because that was one of the things that I was like, not very against NIL at first, but I was like, oh my gosh, like these little babies, like what are we doing to them? And now I'm like, but it's that way in every other aspect of society. So why is sports every different other- than everything else? Um, you know, and it's something that yeah. I've really come around to as I've learned more about it because I was very much that person that was like, no, don't monetize sports. Like, don't do that. And then I stepped back and was like, we monetize everything. Like, why aren't we letting kids take advantage of this? And and you have to think about it. This is what I like to clarify. You're not monetizing sports. They are still amateur athletes. They're not getting paid to play. Um, And I'm not, I'm not supporting them getting paid to actually play. What we're saying is everything else, that involves your life is your free reign to do with what you will. Um, and so if you think about it, it's rather unfair to say, hey, because you play a sport, you don't control any other aspect of your life monetarily, right? So they still play their sport and they're not getting paid to play their sport. Now they just have the opportunity to generate income. And um, in every conversation organization that I've spoken to, it's always touted, only 1% is gonna make it only 3% is going to make it. And so when you spit out those odds with kids and young adults who are so passionate about their sport, then you want them to be able to not only play, but also build a life and career and stability for themselves so they actually can go all in on their sport. Absolutely. Absolutely. I can think of, um, I just had a conversation with one of my seniors last week and we were comparing the cost of, of a couple different schools and I was like, okay, if you take school A's offer, you're only paying $20,000 a year to go to college, which is almost unheard of. If you take school B's offer, you're basically going to pay for your physical therapy doctorate twice by how much more expensive that school is. You know, So looking at this as something that might even that playing field a little bit for an athlete who knows she's not going to go pro, knows she still has more schooling to do, right? Maybe that helps her then pay for grad school. Yes, and I always say NIL is especially helpful for your high school athlete because it closes the gap for that athlete. That athlete can now be a walk-on at the school they desire, which, like you said, they may not go pro, but it may have a great academic program for what they want to do next in their career. And so now they don't have to be at the mercy of, did I get a scholarship there? Does the recruit see me? Now I have to go to a private school so that the recruit can see me because we all know that where you go affects who sees you, right, and and the opportunities that you have. And so now, it's, A, it takes the edge off of the family. You don't have to pay a mortgage just to have your kid go through school. Um, but also, it gives them the opportunity to say, hey, this is the school I want to go to, and I have generated the income. So now I can use that to go where I want to go, be a walk-on if I want to, shoot my shot because this is what I really want to do in the sport. And if I don't land there, no harm, no foul, I don't have – uh, you know, a six-figure debt following me around. I can pursue hopefully a career in the sport that I love and if not, a career somewhere else. Absolutely. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, the role that maybe coaches play and kind of other support people play in NIL? Because I feel like some families don't get into it because they're like, oh my gosh, I don't really know how to do this. I'm totally on my own. You know, our college coaches 
helping athletes facilitate these relationships like we're seeing on TV right now with these big time D1 deals? A lot of the D1 deals are coming from collectives, which is like an affiliate organization of the college. So I say that in air quotes. It's a <laughs> college's way to be able to participate in NIL, even though NIL was carved out for the student athlete. And so I'd like to draw attention to if colleges are smart enough to jump into NIL, which was intended for the athlete initially anyway, then that shows you how powerful it is and you should use it for yourself, right? The, once again, something that was created for you is now being used by an institution. No harm, no foul on their end, but it just shows how powerful it really is. Coaches, I would say, first, we need more support from the land of coaches. A lot of coaches, you know, Feathers have gotten ruffled because things are not as they used to be, and they see a lot of movement with students moving around. Um, and for those who are used to having a solid lock on students, they're a little upset. Um, and so now we have so much rhetoric about how it's just distraction and how it's interfering, um, that we need more coaches in support of students being able to access separately from what they do on the field, um, name, image, and likeness, and become smart entrepreneurially, right? Learn business a little bit earlier so that they know how to navigate those waters. I think every school is allowed to support me. They can provide literature. They can provide graphics. They can point you in the direction of marketplaces. And so the schools that you look at, you should be asking, you know, are they supportive of NIL? You're not necessarily asking the coach, does the coach give out checks for NIL, right? That's off limits. But you can ask, are they supportive of NIL and how? And you want to choose schools that are supportive of NIL and how. If there's a school that's like, we don't do that here, then that means they aren't necessarily thinking about the student athlete long term because they, they know you're not going to be in college forever, right? And so you want a school that is supportive for your now while you're playing and your future when you stop. You know, and I can think of um, one of our athletes right now that's playing Division One. She has brand deal on Instagram and things like that. And we were out at a tournament and she was like snapping pictures and doing this. And she was like, wait, no, I need to take my hat off. And I was like, what do you mean yeah. you need to take your hat off? And she's like, well, it has my school on it and I'm not allowed to have my school yeah. in my pictures. You know, so yeah. I think as long as the athlete kind of has an idea of like, okay, these are the rules, these are the expectations. Yeah. You're aware of it's good. Right. And any career, even outside of sports, you want a well-rounded human who can adapt, bring something to the table, uh, but who can also adhere to whatever the compliance is. And so it's a way for them to get their feet wet kind of early. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think of myself, I'm now running a business with a degree in elementary education, <laughs> you know, and if I had had something like this earlier where, you know, I was thinking about, oh, I should take a business class. So it helps me figure out NIL, like that would have helped me tenfold down the road right now as I'm right. figuring out how to run a business. <laughs> Yes, yes. Branding applies to so much more than just you as an individual. It applies to every single business. And then once you start getting paid, you learn, okay, what are margins? How does a P&L work? How do I figure out what my cost should be? What is my own? Everything that is fundamental to having a business, right, happens in this space. So it really is a tool that helps prepare them for the real world. And I think it's a great way for, especially for those younger athletes, for parents to stay involved, right? And I look yeah. at so many of like our athletes are using, you know, Twitter and Instagram already for recruiting and they're blasting mm -hmm. out information and they're already learning some of those things. So it's an easy mm -hmm. jump for them from a parent who's supporting with social media for recruiting. Okay. I'm also supporting with social media for branding because it's kind of the same stuff. It's, Hey, don't post 
you know, pictures that are inappropriate. Don't post swear words. You know, it's really kind of the same social media guidelines. And something that's happening by default um, that I'm starting to see with athletes is because NIL doesn't have to be based on how you play. And so your personal brand really is personal to you. It's the weird things that you like. It's your sneaker collection that you're, you know, so proud of. It's the latest protein shake that you try because you're obsessed with protein. Athletes get a way to express themselves that's not just tied to their sport. And so there's already so much data on how difficult it is mental health-wise for athletes because it's so based on performance. This gives them a little outlet that's not solely based on their performance that they can also be rewarded for, that they can also build a community around and say, hey, you know, I like bubblegum. And this brand makes bubblegum. And I talk about bubblegum all the time. It's a way for them to have another outlet that's not just the sport that they play so that they can keep that balance in their life. Absolutely. I love that perspective for sure. It's funny. I was talking with um, an athlete this past weekend that, you know, we kind of knew each other on social media. I didn't know her in person. And she was like, oh my gosh, yeah, Felix. And I'm like, you know, my cat, like, this is weird. And she's like, yeah, you post about Felix all the time on Twitter. Yes, yes. Like people are interested in humans. And so um, I always encourage the athlete, your personal brand does, it does not have to be about you as an athlete. We already know you're an athlete. Let's dig into what you actually like other than that. And it's a way for, and people connect to that. People connect to you have a cat, right? People connect to your favorite color is purple. And so it allows them to express that side of themselves. And the possibilities are endless about what that side of themselves go to. If once they stop playing ball, they still have this other aspect of their life that they have built a community around that doesn't revolve around them just being an athlete. Absolutely. So what advice would you have for maybe the athlete who's listening to this, goes to their their college coach, their athletic department, and says like, hey, like I want to start looking into NIL and the coach and the athletic department are like, ooh, no, let's not, let's not do that. Like let's just focus on sports. Like how do you navigate that situation? Yeah. I would actually say don't go to your coach in your athletic department first. First, go to some type of resource that can talk to you about what NIL is. And so there are, um, you know, YouTube that you can go to. You can hit me up on social media. I'm happy to have a conversation. But there are resources out there to just explain what NIL is and how you use it. That's where I would start. And then I would start with building your own personal brand. And that's just a fancy way for Figure out what you're interested in and then how you have a consistent strategy to talk and or post about that. That's number two. And then if you're super in there like, okay, I like this, I'm interested, then you can start talking about what brands you might be interested in, right? That's definitely posting consistently and what brands you might be interested in. Again, you don't have to have a bajillion followers to do it. Typically, it's built off of engagement anyway. And so, you know, that's also a myth that I like to bust because you don't need 2,365 followers, right? You need engagement. Um, but once you get through those markers and you get your brand, obviously you can report it to the school if that's a requirement, but I don't think you have to start with the coaches. Coaches, which are wonderful people, have spent their time and energy learning how to make you perform better. NIL is a business. And so I wouldn't go to my dentist if I had a question about my ankle, right? That's how I think about it. It's nothing wrong with my dentist, very skilled person, but that's not their wheelhouse. And so I'm going to go to the doctor, right, to look at my ankle if my ankle is what I have a question about. Same thing in the world of NIL. Coaches are well-intended and they want to support students. That's what they dedicate their time and their energy to. But they, their knowledge and their wheelhouse typically is on performance. 
Absolutely. So after you go through all of that, you've built your brand, you're really looking to start pulling in some of those deals. Do you suggest athletes go meet with the compliance officer then? So like I've heard some like horror stories of like athletes moving forward with NIL deals and then the school being like, hey, no, you can't do that because it was, you know, one of those banned things from your list, whatever it was. And then the athlete ends up getting in trouble. So how do you balance like, okay, I'm doing a lot of this on my own, which is great. But then it comes back on the athlete of yikes. Okay. I did this incorrectly. Yeah. I would ask for the written policy that the compliance officer has. I have seen as well, and I have witnessed it myself when I, you know, did some poking um, on the behalf of a student, and there's a lot of verbal what you cannot do, and then I asked for the written policy, and it did not match the verbal what you cannot do. So, ask for the written policy of what their guidelines are around NIL. Some of them say, hey, you have to report that you have a brand deal after you get the brand deal within 48 to 36 hours. So you know, okay, I'm going to report that I have one and how you report it. Um, so ask for what the written policy is. And then if you have a question about something in that policy, ask specifically, what does this mean to your compliance officer? Your compliance officer wants to help, but they also want to keep the school out of trouble. The school, the school, I want to say it again, out of trouble. So what you're doing is say, okay, how can I best align with what your rules and guidelines are? What does this mean if you have questions about it? And then you can pursue your brand because now you have the written documentation that says what you can and cannot do. And oftentimes it's very simple and easy. It's not a ton of prohibitions on what you can and cannot do. Typically where it starts this slippery slope is there are verbal conversations about what you can and cannot do. Um, so reach out to the compliance officer and ask for the written policy. Okay. Awesome. Yes. And I have so many athletes who it's kind of like recruiting where everybody's got different advice. And, you know, I look at the way football and men's basketball athletes are recruited are very different than the way our softball athletes are recruited. So the advice they're getting is for a completely different sport, completely different recruiting rules. Like I'm seeing a lot of that where my athletes are talking, but they're in different States. So their rules are very different. Mm -hmm. Just like how the NCAA has different windows for this is when you can recruit for softball, this is when you can recruit for football, this is what you have to do with basketball. Typically, there is a written policy that your school has. And if your school defers to the state, which a lot of them do, then the state or the commission or the league has a written policy. And if they don't, the rule that stands is it defers to the NCAA's policy that's in place. So if you follow the NCAA policy, if there's no other regulation in your area, you are safe. And it says it in the actual written policy. And so I always defer to, can you send me the written policy uh, for what is allowed at this school or under this league for NIL? Um, and many of them are happy to do so. Sometimes you find out, oh, we actually don't have one. And then you say, could you just defer to what the NCAA says? Great. What's your name? Write it down. Here's the date, good to go. Um, so don't be afraid to find out the policy, like it's there to make sure that you stay in, stay in compliance, but it is an opportunity for you. And I, again, I go back to if colleges have figured out a way to have it benefit them um, through using collectives to get your attention, that shows you how powerful it really is. And so don't be scared to take advantage of it. Absolutely, absolutely. So 
what kind of advice do you have for the parent who wants to get into this with their athlete like right now like what are kind of the first steps they should take yeah get educated about it not just the headlines because they could be super discouraging and not you don't always know the whole backstory right a lot of the headlines that first rolled out is this person got this amount of money from this college and then money actually comes from a collective um, so get educated about it and then have your athletes start figuring out what they want their personal brand to be. And I start very simple with what do you like? Because they have to like it in order to do it consistently. So what do you actually like? And parents don't force them into the media kit version that's super polished and you don't say any negative things to me. This is like what they actually like, what they like, what they talk about when they're not talking about the sport. That's where you start. And then start to build content around that, what they comfortable with. And it, a lot of people think, especially parents, oh, my kid has to be on video and I don't want them to be on video. You don't have to be on video to build a personal brand. And so again, getting educated about what's possible in the space opens up the opportunity. Absolutely. So I feel like we just threw so many different tidbits at families right now. And I'm, I wanted to kind of get on and do like an intro, which is great. So yeah. where can we connect with you? Where can we find you? If parents are listening to this and their heads spinning, like where can people reach out to you? Yeah, so you can find me across social media at the Joy Harris on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, wherever you're scrolling. Um, super send me a message. I'm always happy to answer your messages. If you want to set up a talk, I'm happy to do that as well. Um, I also have a step-by-step guide that you can get at Amazon on how to get paid before going pro. Um, and so that's super helpful. And I've got a lot of great feedback from parents out. Oh my God, it takes the nervousness out and it gives me right where I am, where to start and how to get to where we want to go. Awesome. And we will link all of that out in the show notes for you guys so you can connect with Joy and kind of follow along with what she's sharing. And I love that on her social media pages, she's honest, she's upfront. Um, you know, our, our styles are very similar, which I love of like, hey, there's so much misinformation out there. Like, let's actually educate you appropriately. So yes, awesome. Thank you so much for your time. And I know our families and athletes are getting a ton out of this. Thank you. So glad I could help.